0: Welcome to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. Pastor Ben Pitney continues our series called One Love with a message titled Social Media and Spiritual War. Join us in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 20. At Vail Christian Church, we believe in training followers of Christ to worship, gather, give, and serve. Good to see you today. Glad you're in church. You braved the cold weather for about 15 minutes this morning, right? You wore your sweatshirt and then you've peeled it off, and now we're in the most beautiful time of year in Tucson, right? We are um, making our way through this journey in our series a battle that's going on between the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. We're calling this battle One Love. It's a battle for loving God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and strength, and nothing else. It's one love for God. And so this series has been really great. It uh, has a lot to do with spiritual warfare. Um, but in this battle, war is ugly. It's difficult. It's awful, Right? And um, it's been interesting, I think, to uh, study a little bit more and focus on who's this person we call Satan, this angel that we call Satan. And we've talked about hell amongst uh, a lot of things. So that's uh, that's where we are. And today, we're going to focus our attention a little bit on the battlefield of social media. And how I think, uh, I believe that there's a spiritual battle going on in social media in all of those fields and platforms. So turn in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6. So um, where do we start when it comes to social media and the spiritual battlefield of social media that's going on in our lives? Where do we begin with any of that? And I don't want to be just completely negative about social media I mean, I think there's good things in it, but I think that we're shocked. Um, I'm shocked uh, constantly. So I've done quite a bit of research in order to uh, actually pull this together. So uh, let's just start with what I'm going to call the global smartphone experiment. Do you know 13 years ago, it's 13 years ago, just a little over 13 years ago, um, the iPhone was released Only 13 years. 13 years. That's why they call it the iPhone 13, by the way, if you don't know that. Um, And so now we're in this global smartphone experiment. And I think many of the consequences of smartphones and its use now have become clear. There are consequences to this thing. Uh, The smartphone actually isn't a phone. You realize that, right? It's a computer. It's a computer and there's a phone app in it, and a camera app. So it's a camera. It's a computer. And part of the smallest part of it really is that it's a phone <laughs> that you get to talk on, but it's a computer and, uh, and, and it's handheld. So we're far more, I think what we're finding out is we're far more needy people than we ever imagined we would be. 13 years. Do you know, 15 years ago, I sat down with my staff, as um, uh, we're just a brand new church plant, we're getting started. I got all these 20 uh, something uh, staff members, everybody's a lot younger than I am. And I said, You know what? I think you guys, there's this thing out there, it's brand new, and I'm and I required, I literally required my entire staff to create a Facebook page. <laughs> I asked all my staff, I said, It's here. I want to get out in front of this. I think everybody's going to be using it. Lots of young people. I'm pretty sure this is the future. Get a Facebook page together. So we all did 15 years ago. It's crazy, right? Can you believe that? I would never do that now. Like, oh, you don't have a Facebook page. That's because you're because you're younger than 30 years old, right? (laughs) Facebook is dying. Anyway, uh, I don't know. They're trying to reinvent themselves. So, uh, let's talk about social media for a little bit. I did some research. Um, I opened up all kinds of apps. I downloaded hundreds of apps. It's kind of a scary thing. I've deleted lots of things. (laughs) But in my research, here's what I found. Here's the top Here's the, here's the top, uh, the, the future of apps on social media and on your phone. Your phone is driven by apps, and we all use apps. Apps are a big deal. Um, it's driven by just, just billions and billions of dollars. It's a huge industry. The number one app out there right now that's dominating social media, it's called TikTok. If you um, don't know about TikTok, um, you should know, actually. I don't care who you are. Uh, TikTok was launched in 2017. It was founded in 2016. The number of users per month on TikTok um, exceed 1 billion users per month. 1 billion active users. That's active. There's more users Um, but that's how many are active every month. The platform allows you to film short videos that play on uh, a repetitive loop and use music. You can add fun effects, filters, text, musical overlays. You can zest it up and wow. Um, it's, uh, It's similar to lots of video platforms, but it's become primarily adopted by users under 30 years old. It's almost creepy if you're older than 30 years old to use it. But whatever, I have a TikTok account. Yeah, <laughs> it's private. <laughs> I don't know if that's even any, that doesn't make it good, <laughs> actually. That, that might even make it scarier. Here's a great uh, piece of, here's, here's, a, <laughs> yeah. here's an app that is, uh, that, that's coming on strong. It's called Clubhouse. Maybe you've never heard of Clubhouse launched in 2020 the number of users is unspecified because there's so many they can't count them they don't have a good idea yet but unlike traditional social media sites like Facebook or Twitter which provide you you know this platform for communicating and sharing content, Clubhouse leverages this synchronization sort of stuff, audio only connectivity between audiences and the speakers on Clubhouse. It's not quite a podcast, but um, uh, a more personal way to share information with your audience who can talk back to you in real time, right? Kind of a cool app. Here's another one. It's called Caffeine. I was pretty interested in this one. It was launched in uh, 2016, unveiled in 2018. The number of users is unspecified as well because there's so many they can't quite count, right? Caffeine.tv. It's a platform built by ex-Apple designers. I guess somebody got aggravated, quit, and said, I'm out of here. And then they made their own app, and it's going really good. It allows you to create uh, live broadcast for friends and followers, broadcast show up in a feed where you can give an emoji reaction or respond with comments, right? Caffeine. How about Instagram Reels? Now, you might know Instagram, but Instagram Reels is a little bit different. Instagram Reels launched in uh, 2020. The number of users is in the bazillions, right? And now it's in direct competition with TikTok. Um, offering similar video creation functionality. How about this app? It's called House Party. House Party is launched in 2016. 20 million plus users. It's a group video messaging app that allows video chats chats that can host eight users at a time and to make things more fun for everybody in the chat. You can use video filters, stickers, and other fun effects while live conversation is in session. (laughs) Yeah, house party. Here's a, here's a good one. It's called Meet Meetup. Meetup is a, the app aims to bring people together across cities. Um, you've probably, lots of you probably heard of, heard of it. it. The app simply work, um, works on a simple idea. When people get together to do things that matter to us, we're at our best. That's their mantra. We're at our best when we do things that matter to us, right? How about this one? It's called WhatsApp. WhatsApp. People in more than 180 countries use WhatsApp. One of the top 10 social media sites globally initially. It's also used to communicate with friends and family. Gradually, people started to use this free social media app for communicating in business as well. WhatsApp. Here's a really interesting one. Maybe you've never heard of this. I don't know. It's really popular. It's called QQ right? It's a messenger app. I'm getting so sick of messenger apps. I can't keep up. Messenger app, it it, it stands out in the list of social media applications for its not-so-common features. For instance, the user can capture any area of their screen on their computer or on their phone, or even record a short video clip on the spot and then share it instantly with their contacts in this one app. It's at the top of of all the apps among all social media apps with over a billion registered users. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds, thousands of these apps. I haven't even mentioned things like YouTube. Truth Social is a new app that's coming on strong Viber, Line, Tinder, maybe you've heard of Tinder, Whisper, MeWe, MeWe, yeah, there's a crazy one. Speaking of crazy, Clout Hub, Parler, Twitch, LinkedIn, oh, I know about LinkedIn. LinkedIn is huge right now. Trello, Discord, Monday.com, Pinterest, Tape Reel, Sina Weibo, how about Social Bee? You're familiar with um, the, uh, what's the B? Babylon Bee, sorry. Yeah. Tumblr. Here's a great one. I'm seeing a lot of uh, teenagers love this. It's called Telegram. It's considered the top social media app for secret texting. Secret texting. <laughs> Well, anyway, what's driving all this? What's driving all these apps? And, the, you know, it's money. It's the almighty dollar. It's all, like all kinds of stuff. This phone right here is huge right now. And the apps on the phone are driving a lot of things. And there's things that are then driving uh, stuff in us. Uh, I'm going to call it the approval of others. Constant social connection is what's driving a lot of this, right? Fear of missing out. We're needy for distraction from life, needy for constant entertainment, needy for knowledge to puff us up. It seems like our list of needs is endless. Why are we so needy for these things? Why? I mean, it's true. We are needy. What's at the heart of social media struggles, right? We're always seeking recognition. We're seeking acclaim. We're seeking self-recognition. It's never enough for us. That's our culture. That's what's going on in our lives, And these things don't last. Each time we mindlessly scroll through our social media feeds or check to see if our friends have texted us back, it proves how much we continue to lack self-assurance. We seem to never get enough of something. There's nothing inherently wrong, though, with social media. Nothing. Texting friends, taking pictures, posting pictures of your kids and the things that you like to eat, all right? Or pictures of yourself, for that matter. Or enjoying an online video. There's nothing wrong with that. But our phone technology has given us something that makes us vulnerable. As brilliant as the phone is, it makes us vulnerable. I think it's good. I think you should have one. I don't think you can escape it. I think you should use it. But it makes us vulnerable. Here's your first note here. If you're taking notes and you're filling in the blanks, all social media platforms are designed to to deliver instant gratification with immediate accessibility in the palm of your hand. All social media platforms, that's what they do. That's what they're designed to do. Give you or deliver instant gratification. And uh, they work really well because we need personal affirmation. So we're all needy. There's legitimate needs that we all have. We have real needs. We seek to feed ourselves, though, with this candy substitute that never satisfies us. Social media actually gets that. If you send 50 throwaway selfies out today on Snapchat, you're not simply broadcasting your attempt to be seen and loved by your peers. What you're doing actually is you're more basically broadcasting your enormous inner neediness to the world. And we don't realize this a lot of times. And those needs are not satisfied with just a little more Instagram, a little more Facebook, Snapchat, or TikTok, or with a little more self-affirmation and self-praise. It all exposes a need, and that's what I want to talk about today. We still try, though, even if we know this, even if in our mind we we're like, yeah, this is unhealthy, I gotta get a handle on this. We try to feed this huge hole that's in our, our our lives and this need inside of us. And the result is that it's making us more lonely, it's making us more depressed, it's making us more anxious, it's actually disconnecting us more than ever. We live in an age of increasing anxiety. I actually can't believe myself sometimes how upset I get after reading some things in social my social media feed. I just want to respond and go, "You're a dumbhead." <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> What's wrong with you? With a nice emoji that you know, with one with your tongue sticking out, kind of thing. I, I just want to do that all the time, I'm like ah. I used to only yell at the TV at sports. Now I yell at my phone. <laughs> do you do that? It creates anxiety. It's the approval of others, right? Constant social connection. Fear of missing out. This is what it's all about, right? <clears throat> but we, we try like crazy. So when teenagers fail to impress uh, and, a, and an image um, you know, that they post just gets no likes or no loves or no shares right? It creates this um, almost depression in us. It's a comparison culture that we're living in and you can't escape it. Teenagers are always within moments of sharing something digitally, standing ready to act, capture, and spread it. To enter social media platforms is to enter a virtual theater of spiritual warfare. Social media is spiritual war. That's one of my main points. Social media is spiritual war. It's good, and it can be useful, but it's spiritual war. And the battlefields that we're talking about, I think, are played out in social media. Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, elicit from almost everyone something of a digital digital beauty pageant. A race to impress with wit or confidence, sex appeal, or even wealth. Think about it. Under these ambitious impulses to share at any moment of the day or night. I mean, you ever, you know, once in a while, I'm like, Linda, turn that off because it just dings, right? I'm like, what is that? What is that? It's on her phone. It's making me go, what is that? What is that? Is that one of our kids? Is that, you know, what's going on? Somebody needs us. (sighs) Something. Oh, I got a like. It's disillusionment. It's false promise that a device will make us more impressive in the eyes of our peers. That's what's happening. And so we all continue to create this unending digital presence before other people. We're all needy. And time and time again, our phone does not deliver on these promises And in the wake of smartphone addiction, we're left with increasing anxiety and depression and loneliness. Adults feel the same as teenagers do. They feel the same tensions, lured to our phones by these same false promises that something of my wit, my creativity, my brilliance, or my beauty will impress other people. It's kind of crazy. And we know what's happening. It's rare that we call it the war, right? Right? It's rare that we call it war. Here's the thing. I think we've let our guard down, and it's not about spending too much time on social media. That's not what it's about. It's that we go with our guard down to these social media feeds, and we're not recognizing that this is war. We're met with war on social media feeds. That's where I think the problem is. My second point is that this is a virtual theater of spiritual warfare. And Christ followers are beginning, I think, to recognize that social media is not a toy. Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, they're not hobbies. They can be hobbies for people, but not, well, there's only a few. To enter social media platforms is to enter in virtual theater of spiritual warfare. Social media is spiritual war. So, Did I get to this? The biggest problem we face today with social media is that we're not that we're spending too much time there. The fill in the blank is that we don't expect to be met with war there. We engage social media with with our spiritual guards down. So, how do we engage in spiritual warfare if when it's within a virtual platform? How do we do that? That's the relevance of. Ephesians chapter 6 in the digital age, turn to Ephesians chapter 6, start at verse 10. Look at verse 10. It says, finally, be strengthened in the Lord and in the strength of his power, clothe yourselves with the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand your ground on the evil day. And having done everything to stand, stand firm, therefore, by fastening the belt of truth around your waist, by putting on the breastplate of righteousness, by fitting your feet with the preparation that comes from the good news of, the, uh, good news of peace. I preached a whole message on that verse, right? And in all this, by taking up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, that's Satan, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with every prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and to this end, be alert with all perseverance and petitions for all the saints. Pray for me also, this is Paul, right? that I may be given the right words when I begin to speak, that I, may be confident, that I may confidently make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in change. Pray that I may be able to speak boldly as I ought to speak. So Paul says, stand your ground in verses 10 through 13. In verses 14 through 17, he's saying, gear up, get the gear on. And in verses 18 through 20, he's basically saying, attack. That's how he outlines this little chapter here. Now, look at verse 10. This is about the strength for the battle. Finally, be strengthened in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Our strength for this war is not in our power, right? Our strength, not by living off the grid. That's not what I'm suggesting. Our strength is not deleting all our social media apps. That's ridiculous. Don't do that. That might help if you're addicted, but it's not going to win the battle Paul talks about here. And we're in a battle. How are you going to get about this battle? Our strength is not in extracting ourselves from the digital culture for a life in isolation like an offline hermit without a computer, without a smartphone, without Wi-Fi. No, uh, that's ridiculous. We're called to do battle in this age to be strengthened in the Lord. We're not running from the battle. We're in the battle on purpose, so we need to battle. The strength of the Lord is nothing less than what Paul suggests earlier in chapter 1. If you look through chapter 1, God's power is beautiful. It's demonstrated in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So Jesus has defeated death. He's defeated Satan. He's defeated all of that, all this sin. Our power for standing our ground in the digital age is resurrection power. If Satan were stronger than the Lord, we'd have no chance of standing. Yet Satan uh, attacks. He attacks all the time, not because he's unbeaten, but because he's been defeated in principle. So he's venting his anger. He's outraged. He's using whatever energy he has to pour out all of his venom on us and the church. That's where he's focused, the Lord's church. So we take up arms and... Fight, not because the final end of the great war is in any doubt. No, there's no doubt. Here, here comes your fill in the blank. No, we fight because the victory's been won on this side of the cross, and it is our privilege to follow our Lord in His campaign. So, what is victory then? What are we called to achieve? Verse 11: Standing in faith, here, clothe yourselves. With the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Here's our action, our command, and our end game. Put on the armor of God. Paul's calling calling us to be outfitted like a soldier, to stand against the schemes of the devil. Put on the gear. My kid's in the Navy. It's crazy. He texted me first hour, five minutes before I went up to speak. I got this text from him. I know, on my phone. How did I know? Because I use my phone all the time. I'm using it up here. He says, hey, dad, pray for me. I'll be gone a week. Can't use my phone or anything like that. I'm headed to jungle warfare training with a bunch of guys. And it's uh, it's, it's going to be miserable. <laughs> just, I'm like, I'm about to speak on getting our gear together and spiritual warfare and this is why I get a text from my kid. He's in physical um, warfare. Our call is to stand. Paul mixes war and wrestling metaphors together. Outfit, outfitted for war, standing as a, kind of like a wrestling match. In the face of Satan, we don't panic. Christ defeated him. Satan's now a defeated enemy. He's a lion on a chain. So what can we do? What can he do against us? He can do lots of things, but he's restricted by God, God's sovereignty on a daily basis. What that means for us who are in Christ Jesus, that we should detest Satan, but we shouldn't dread him. Since God now provides us with with this all-purpose combat equipment for use against him. We don't run from Satan in fear. No, we stand against Satan in faith. That's the victory. Now, in verse 12, we talk about unseen forces though, right? It's all unseen. There are no commands in verse 12, right? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, against the rulers, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. There's no command here. You know what this is? Heads up pay attention, heads up. There's an unseen enemy and the unseen enemy is always the scariest. I mean, just think about the invisible virus. It's pretty scary, right? Unseen threats are the ones that make us lose the most sleep. So unseen um, warfare is going on and broke out in ancient Ephesus where Paul's writing, right? And the church is being called together for war. That was then. Now in our specific, and our scientific and technology age, Satan gets a pass. He's ignored for some reason. He's written off as a myth, a fiction. In the age of science and shiny text, Satan becomes a made-up myth. Ridiculous. He's alive and well. In reality, this war is unseen and it's cosmic. It's invisible and it's everywhere. It's like the pandemic in a way, invisible and disrupting everything in our world. This type of warfare is the context of our entire life in Christ. It's a profound spiritual war. The war includes all of our social media platforms and what we read and what we say and what we post. It includes all of it. In the digital age, we need our attention to to, to be refocused and reset on the diabolical spiritual forces in this world, the unseen forces. It's real. Satan's alive, he's active. And, And we know that this is the case because when the truth is being questioned and where lies are spreading, we see all kinds of damage. All kinds of damage. Honestly, the sickness of social media proves the existence and the ongoing active work of Satan in the world and his ability to spread lies. Doesn't it seem like everybody's lying? Where's the truth? Isn't it hard to find the truth? It's all, everything's lying. And don't think for a minute that all these big platforms are not lying. I mean, they do. They're manipulative. They're not telling you the whole truth. Let me give you an example. Have you ever been just, it feels like I can just think about something and Linda and I can talk about something. Something that we want or something that we need or we're looking at or want to figure out. And all of a sudden it just pops up all these ads in our social media feeds. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, you're all shaking your head. That is Scary. I felt like all I did was talk to Linda about, hey, I'm going to try to get some of these uh, art supports for my shoes. What happens in all my social media feeds? A thousand things about good feet and feet and art supports all over the planet just start all these ads. How does it, it knows it. I don't know how it knows. I I mean, a certain part of it, it makes me feel like it's the devil. Right? I mean, listen, we need for our attention to be res- reset. So in this culture of churning chaos and ideology, of ideologies and attacks on the gospel, the call is to stand our ground. we got to see past the false promises and the idols of the day. we got to stand because there's a power struggle on, going on here. Look at verse 13. Take up the full armor of God. So that you'll be able to stand your ground on the evil day and having done everything to stand. The letter to the Ephesians is all about a power struggle and we're called to stand our ground. That's the victory. That's our wartime mantra. Stand in the gap. Stand in the breach. Don't waver. Don't give in. Don't give up. And in, in, in the spiritual resistance of our age, resist, stand your ground. it's got to be balanced to everything. With that, we move on to this second section of this text. You can stand only if you're outfitted for war, gear up, verses 14 through 17. In our battle, our latest physical weapons and guns and missiles are powerless because our enemy is not flesh and blood, but spiritual. So... You're filling the blanks so we can stand if we are outfitted with the armor and weapons of God. Ephesians 6 is hand-to-hand combat. It's wrestling. So Paul transitions to say, it's time to gear up, put it on. That's what we see in the section. We can stand our ground against these unseen enemies because we have the right war gear. I can't believe how much gear my kid has in the Navy. I mean, he's got... 25 different pairs of boots for all kinds of warfare. It's crazy. Verse 14 is about truth and righteousness, though. Stand firm, therefore, by fastening the belt of truth around your waist, waist, putting on the breastplate of righteousness. The belt of truth seems to be authenticity. The character of Christ is our character, not perfectly, but it reflects Jesus. We stand as authentic people, people of truth. That alone will change your texting and your posting. No slander, no lies, no gossip. The breastplate of righteousness is the perfect righteousness of Christ that we have in our justification. We stand in this war because we are justified in Christ. Try to go to war with Satan with only your self-righteousness and you're going to get mowed down. You're going to get mowed over. We have to be ready with the good news. Verse 15, I preach the whole message here by fitting your feet with a preparation that comes from the good news of peace. These shoes are fitted to your feet and my feet as a Christ follower. There is the good news of readiness. We're always ready to proclaim the death and resurrection of Jesus. We're ready to proclaim the good news of God and his reign over all things and his defeat of sin. And his, and his death and the devil himself, the death of the devil himself. So what an unbelievable privilege for our social media then to live this way online, right? On the web, our thumbs sharing the good news, sharing the peace of God in Christ, the good news of our satisfaction and joy in him, publishing and posting in our feeds about this peace, So our norms with social media engagement should be that we're ready with the good news, I think. Verse 16, look at verse 16, and in all this, taking up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Satan comes with all kinds of fiery weapons. He's going to use social media to launch those things. Faith is like a large shield dipped in water and soaked in water so that when The arrows come, and you defend yourself with a shield of faith. They're extinguished. They sizzle and go away. What is Satan doing? He's eliciting eliciting a sinful response from us. So quench the temptation. How many times are you tempted to respond in a way that you should not? When slander is sent your way, do you respond with slander? When anger is shot at you, do you respond with anger? Or are those temptations extinguished by faith? Because if you want to glorify God online, as we should, you're going to be shot at. You'll be slandered. You'll be criticized. The flaming arrows are going to fly. And how you respond will be determined by your faith. Can your faith absorb the slander and extinguish it? Or do you get offended and return arrow for arrow? So easy to get offended online. I feel like I get offended all the time online. Do you get offended online? Man. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I need your faith. I got a feeling you don't got a phone though. There's no talking in church. I'm going over. So in the flow of the text, Paul has said, first, stand your ground. Second, he says, gear up. And finally, in the third section of the text, it's the best part. He says, attack in verses 18 through 20. Attack. Verse 18, we're going to go through this in a lot more detail. But with every prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And to this end, be alert with perseverance and request for all the saints. Social media steals our time to pray. It just does. Pray at all times in the spirit. And to this end, be alert. Right? Instead of praying without ceasing, what we're doing is scrolling and posting without ceasing. We underestimate the power of prayer. We deprioritize prayer. Instead of praying without ceasing, we tweet and we post and we scroll Without ceasing, right? Because here it comes. There is competition for time in our lives. And social media too often wins over prayer. We can be foolish. We can be shallow online. We can wage war online too though. So pray for your friends. Pray for your church. Pray for your teachers. Pray for your pastors. A lot of people think online ministry is safe and comfortable scrolling through pictures and videos when in reality it's war, it's war. Pray for, your, pray for our preaching online. Nobody comes to Veil Christian Church without actually going online first. You listen to the pastor, you check it out, you're looking at the videos and all the things that we post. That's the way people find us and determine whether or not they're going to come. I know I get attacked for posting stuff all online, for preaching stuff openly and privately Pray for Noah, our student pastor. I think he's on the front lines. You see this model in verses 19 and 20 where Paul says, pray for me. Pray for me because, hey, pray for me that I, would, that I would begin to speak and preach the gospel confidently and make known the mystery of this good news, right? I'm an ambassador in chains. And it's global. Pray that I might be able to speak boldly as I ought to speak. He's on the attack. He's not sitting there. He's in prison, he's in house arrest. Pray for me that I can put my thoughts and words and boldly proclaim Christ to my culture. That's what he's saying. Again, the spiritual war is about broadcasting truth. That's relevant to all of us. And verse 20, I think verse 20 is amazing. It makes all of Ephesians chapter six, especially relevant in the age of virtual media. Virtual media is much of our life. You can't get away from it. It's, It's a lot of our life. We just spent... Almost $15,000 in just upgrading our ability to stream this message at this service live. It's ridiculous. On Sunday morning, every church is doing it. And because it's just changed so quickly, I mean, that's the first time in a long time I feel like we're behind. And Kevin, you can pray for Kevin as he tries to put it all together and implement it. As Pastor Ben's going, hurry up. Get it done. We're stumbling along with it. We got to be on top of it. Listen to what Paul says here. I'm attacking the darkness with the preaching of the gospel. I'm on the offense. I'm an ambassador for Jesus. I'm spanning the globe to represent him. You know, from uh, from this place where he's under house arrest, he writes the, the, the letter to the Ephesians, he writes to the Philippians, he writes, he writes Colossians, and Philemon in chains. So Paul says that being in one location doesn't stop prayer, and it doesn't stop preaching, and it doesn't stop the gospel in the spiritual battle. So to talk about spiritual war in the virtual realm of social media, it's logical in Ephesians 6. It's naturally related because of verse 20 in Paul's virtual work as a global ambassador and change for Christ. So he says, finally, finally, in verse 10, finally, listen, he's alluding to the fact that this entire section is about spiritual battle and it's rooted in this letter as a whole particularly the spiritual war of chapter one. The war we fight in Ephesians chapter six is an extension of the war we see in Ephesians one. To summarize Paul's point, uh, just really quickly, he tells us that Christ has won the battle over rebel earth, uh, rebel every rebel on earth, and he's unseated the power of every lie on earth. And it's only a matter of time before his final reign over all things ushers in an eternal inheritance for the church. But the battle's being fought on the front in church, for churches, and social media. We are predestined, though, to be richly blessed by God. And so Christ is uniting all of heaven and earth together. Because right now, heaven and earth are out of sync. Christ came to restore harmony and to bring things into sync. Ephesians is about blood-bought harmony. Blood-bought harmony in marriages. And in the local church and with your children and in your families, if marriages are destroyed and churches are fractured, Satan can, can, can make it seem like Christ is lost. Do you see how we've been pulled and put into the battle then on purpose? Every spiritual victory in your life, every moment that you stand your ground against the lies of Satan is a, a reminder to the demonic realm that they have lost in their final defeat. It's coming soon. He's already won the decisive victory, and one day he's going to return to end the war altogether. Until then, the war between Satan and Christ for one love is being fought in our lives, in our marriages, in our homes, in our churches, and on our smartphone screens. That's where it's being fought. Take every post captive. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, the weapons of our warfare are not human weapons, but are made powerful by God tearing down strongholds. We tear down arguments, verse 5, and every arrogant obstacle that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to make it obey Christ. We take every thought captive. Every tweet captive, every text captive, every post captive, every moment is ground that can be taken captive and subjected to the sovereign reign of the King, King Jesus. Have you ever thought about these social apps that way? What are we doing? We're sitting around letting them run us. Come on, spiritual war is online. That's what it means to stand your ground online. When you look at your social media feed, ask yourself a few diagnostic questions. We got some engineers in this room. Ask yourself some diagnostic questions. Is there a war happening here? And who's gonna get glorified? Who is your feed about? Your own glory or the glory of someone else? What's the source of my happiness according to what I project on social media? Is it Christ or something else that makes me happy? Our problems with social media are not solved by posting more Bible verses or religious memes. That's not how it's going to get solved. Here it comes. You ready? Our social media feeds are battlefields. They should be the essence of who we are in Christ, engaged with the world and God's word speaking and making our stand. Social media is war. Don't let your guard down. The insatiable appetite for self-recognition and acclaim, it's there and it drives so much of our time online. But it's a lie. It's a lie from Satan. It's a fraud. It won't satisfy us. Social media addiction simply exposes the depth of our neediness our needy souls for God. But it's a place we can redeem for eternal purposes as well. It can be redeemed, a place where we can stand for Christ. I think you should post. I think you should text. I think you should do all that stuff. But I think it needs to reflect your love for God and your allegiance to the King, King Jesus now, this has been kind of jumpy today. <laughs> feel like I was all over the map and a little distracted. I think you get the point. It's not going to happen by just posting Bible verses, though. we got to capture every text and post and every thought. Make it obedient to Christ. I think we can do that. We're going to talk about prayer over this next couple of weeks. Would you pray with me just a few moments. Lord, in the middle of the global smartphone experiment, I'm praying that we could rise to the surface as a church and we could, could proclaim Jesus clearly and effectively and battle Satan and all of his schemes and frauds and lies. Help us to protect our families and our teenagers, but help us to do it by equipping and training our families to do battle, because it's a war, Lord. Um, So help us to spend time in the truth of your word. Help us to put on all the armor and all the gear to clothe ourselves with all the stuff that you've given us for the battle. And help us to attack. I'm praying this in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Have a good day, you guys. Thank you for listening to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. If you have any questions, would like more information, or would like to see the video cast of this message, please visit our website at www.vailchristian.com.